Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could turn your world upside down. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or ripped from the headlines controversy. My crisis squad and I focus on solutions. I also invite insight from people on the inside of key issues. Today, that insider is Jeff O'Brien. He's a partner at the law firm of Chestnut Kembrone. He has significant experience working with craft breweries and distilleries, and over the last several years has been advising clients on industrial hemp and the cannabis industry. Lots of talk and legislation around marijuana, cannabis, and edibles these days. Jeff is here for the case file I call Cannabis Highs and Lows. Minnesota is the latest state to legalize cannabis. Ohio has an upcoming ballot initiative in the November 2023 election. What's coming up next, Jeff, on the pot scene? Rashini, we have a lot of things to sort out with Minnesota's recently passed law. It was a few years in coming. There's no regulations yet. There's no rules. There's not a director of the new Office of Cannabis Management yet. A lot of the guidance that's been coming out is through other agencies. So. It's an exciting time, but it's also a challenging time when you have this great unknown going from prohibition to legalization and regulation. So there's a lot of things to be sorted out. There's going to be how do people apply for licenses? There's 15 different license types under Minnesota's law. What are the prospects for this industry? You're trying to start a new legal industry and at the same time tamp down what has been a black market for decades. There's going to be challenges and there's going to be opportunities. And it's actually, it's very exciting and very fun to be a part of this. So let's also talk about there are inconsistencies because we've got a country of all the different states. Mm -hmm. So you've got state laws you're dealing with, but then there are also federal laws. And there are other states that want this to be legal. There are political arguments one way or the other. Safety, parents, kids. I mean, but how do we deal with the inconsistencies. The biggest inconsistency right now is what's going on at the federal level. And there's a lot of uncertainties and there's a lot of movement right now at the same time. There's been a recommendation to reschedule cannabis from Schedule One of the Federal Controlled Substances Act, which is why it creates all the restrictions at various levels because it exists there, down to Schedule Three. And it, to me, and what's the difference there? A Schedule One narcotic, it's supposed to, it has no medical benefit and is highly addictive. And of course, supporters of legalization, like myself, have argued ad nauseum over the years that that when you look at cannabis or marijuana. It doesn't fit that definition. You know, we have a majority of states now that have medical cannabis laws. We have evidence that it's not as highly addictive as, say, some other drugs and that it doesn't belong on Schedule 1. The current administration, there's been a recommendation to reschedule it to Schedule 3. They're continuing to study it. But at the same time, Congress is looking at a measure called the Safe Banking Act, which could be getting votes in both the House and the Senate before year end. One of the issues that when the states legalize adult-use cannabis or even medical cannabis, these are basically cash-based businesses because of the banking laws. And you, when you in the federal government is saying it's it's a controlled substance because of banking regulations, banks can't lend and can't, you know, can't. So the business owners can't even really use this law that just passed to have a business in cannabis. Well, they can, but it's different. For an example, for the Minnesota legislation, there is a requirement in the statute that lists out the license requirements. One of the things you have to submit a business plan, which you kind of expect, but also a security plan, because, again, you're going to have 
narcotics and you're going to have cash. You know, I've been counseling some clients that might be looking at saying, uh, applying for a dispensary license. Okay, what kind of building are you going to look at? Are you going to have a building where the delivery truck can come in through the building versus at a loading dock and exchange money and product there? Those are all challenges that would certainly be alleviated with changes at the federal level. And I think it's a question at this point of when versus if it comes off of Schedule 1 at the federal level. Let's talk about how this topic has also been one where they play politics. I understand we should keep an eye on South Dakota. South Dakota is one. Ohio is another. As it's broken down, there are certainly you know exceptions on both sides, but primarily these laws have been passed when Democrats are in control of state governments. Minnesota is an example of that. We had our legislature was split a year ago. This legislation passed the House, which was Democrat-controlled. It didn't even get a hearing in the Republican-controlled Senate. Democrats, last November election, they win everything here, and it passes here. To the neighboring state like Wisconsin, which has a Republican-controlled assembly, they don't have either adult use cannabis legalization or medical. And the Democrats there are pushing legalization as a means of trying to get into the majority. Because if you look- Which is also contrary to like the widespread belief that Wisconsin is such a party state. Right. It's very interesting, actually. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And they're now surrounded on all sides by states that have either legalized adult use, in the case of Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, or in the case of Iowa, medical, right? It's strange because if you look at polls- a majority of voters on both sides support legalization. So it's been a little bit puzzling why the Republicans have, at least the elected officials, have generally opposed this. Now, there are some exceptions, but South Dakota did have a ballot initiative a few years ago that combined medical and adult use cannabis. It was ultimately challenged under some arcane rules about one issue as a ballot question and whether adult use and Medical were different questions. So medical has been legalized there, but adult use has not. But they have a lot of low-potency hemp products that Minnesota legalized a year ago. It's not as if they don't have anything. They don't have cannabis products. But I do think that the elected officials will certainly sit up and take notice if these ballot initiatives end up being more approved on a bipartisan basis in some of these red states. Here's the thing from a social level, and I have admitted on my show before, I've never smoked pot, I've never consumed pot, I've never had an edible, although recently some of my adult female friends have been really trying to get me to have some edibles. I figured I've gotten to this stage in life not having that, I'm most likely never going to. But I can see for sure the case for the medical cannabis, and whether it's children, young people, adults, elderly and really using it for the easing of pain. I mean, I can really see that. There are so many definitions in this space, Jeff. So let's break it down. You hear about CBD oil. You hear about THC. You hear about gummies. What are all these things? Let's give us the definitions. So with the cannabis plant, there are a number of what we call cannabinoids. When you hear things like CBD or Delta-8 or Delta-9, these are all cannabinoids that are derived from the plant, right? It's all part of the same plant. It's just different potencies and different parts of the plant that we're talking about, okay? If I had to break it down kind of my amateurish view, CBD, you see oils, you see lotions. It's become very popular, I think, in our culture and accepted for, say, you know, muscle rubs, pain relief, 
you know, my 83-year-old father says use some CBD oil for, you know, some back pain. I think CBD is probably the most commonly accepted of these cannabinoids. And these were all legalized. They were removed from the controlled substances list under the farm bill in 2018. That's when the hemp industry started to grow. THC, like Delta 8 and Delta 9. So Delta 9 is the one that's been popular here in Delta 9, you will get a high off of it. It's not to the extent of if you were smoking a joint like you. I've never tried any of this stuff. I'm just going off of talking to people that actually use this. The Delta 8 and the Delta 9 gummies and beverages, a lot of people are using them as a sleep aid because it usually will make you drowsy after about 20 minutes or so. And they're they're becoming more and more accepted. And here in, in Minnesota, we legalized that a year ago ahead of this new adult use cannabis legalization. And of course, we had medical cannabis 10 years ago. So we gradually have been getting these products more and more accepted. And then, of course, the vapes, the joints, those kinds of things, that's going to be your, more of your full strength stuff. And you can have edibles in that higher potency as well. So we define them in our laws, low potency versus cannabis products. And so our state is unique in that we've regulated them separately. Minnesota is actually a, a model for other states in terms of how to allow some of these products to be used if you don't want to go to full strength cannabis. But that's kind of the cannabinoids 101 for listeners. Well, thanks for that. So big picture, but a snapshot. How many states have any form of cannabis legal now? And where do you think it's going? We have over 30 states that have either medical or adult use. That's a big factor in what's happening at the federal level, because you do now have a majority of states that have something. I think there's 23 states. I think Minnesota was number 23 in terms of adult use legalization. So we're still just below a majority of states. And some people question, what's the difference? If you concede that it has medical benefit, isn't medical cannabis enough? Um, And I like using adult use versus recreational because there are people that use maybe have some issue that may not be recognized as grounds for a medical cannabis prescription that could be a mental health issue or stress that they want to use cannabis for. So I like to use adult use versus recreational. I like it too, because recreational just to me is like a free-for-all. Yeah, exactly. Ten-year-olds can be smoking up a joint now. Right. The reasons behind why you look at full legalization versus just for medical patients is, number one, it certainly will bring the cost down for those patients. You know, there are two licensed medical cannabis producers. That that keeps the prices up for patients. By having a, a more widespread availability, it's going to bring the cost down for those that need access to it. I tell people, particularly on uh, my friends on the Republican side, you know, you guys don't like the government telling everybody how to live their lives. Why should the government be able to tell you that your affliction qualifies for a cannabis prescription? I think that we're going to see adult use legalization across the country, and and, and maybe the, the ultimate domino falls in the interim, and, and the federal government decides to reschedule it, and then that makes a lot of the problems go away. Well, Jeff O'Brien, so much information, so much to unpack. Let us definitely plan to have you back in the future on The Crisis Files. Jeff O'Brien is a partner at the Chestnut Cambrone Law Firm. Look him up on LinkedIn. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Huntington National Bank. Number one, more than 30 states have legalized medical or adult use cannabis. Number two, the cannabis landscape is fluid many states waiting to see what the federal government does. Number three, 
Legalization brings opportunities and challenges, which include the banking industry, insurance, and safety concerns. Sometimes reaching your goals takes more than money. It takes know-how. That's why money's just the start of what Huntington can do. Get more than money from your bank. See how at Huntington.com slash get more. Please rate and review The Crisis Files on your platform of choice. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com or the show archive plus special videos. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.